Hey guys, just so you know, you can watch the a little bit longer unedited version of this episode on YouTube. You just look in the show notes and you'll see watch on YouTube, click the link if you'd like to do that. And also the link below for your free discovery call, click on that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I am so happy you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional of any kind. So, uh, if you mm-hmm. would like to attempt anything in this episode, please consult a doctor or your health professional. Today, we are discussing healing a child with Dane Johnson. He's back. We're so happy to have him back. You know Dane from episode 34 on advanced topics of IBD. And Dane is the CEO and founder of Crohn's Colitis Lifestyle, which focuses on natural healing for UC and IBD. And the SHIELD program has actually helped several of our listeners, which I'm so happy to report. Uh, If you would like to hear about Dane's IBD journey, please then listen to episode 34, because today we are jumping right into the topic and discussing healing a child with IBD. But first, we have to welcome the man. Welcome, Dane. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me here, Jay. And and man, I'm so grateful um, that the program's been able to help people. I'm so grateful to be here. Everyone, let's change some lives. Let's get in here. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about those tough questions and let's get results because that's what this is all about. All the letters behind the name, all the degrees, all the hospitals, show me the results. Okay, let's do it. All right. I love that. And I just want to say before we start, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yes, I turned 37 uh, two weeks ago, November 24th. Oh. So I'm feeling good. Wait a minute. Are you a Sagittarius? I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a Sagittarius. Yes. I'm like fire everywhere. All the, the universe, I'm like a bunch of fire. But Sagittarius. We're kn- <laughs> That's what my wife told yeah, me. Yeah, you know we're known for getting shit done. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Digital high five. Know, let's right? go. There you go. There you go. We get shit done. Yeah. So let's start. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happens when a parent or parents bring a child to you that is suspected to have IBD, has IBD, you see symptoms. What does that Mm -hmm. intake process look like? How does that all occur? The first thing I'm actually interested in the most is is who the parents are, what their viewpoints are, their level of commitment, their time and energy, um, where they are emotionally. Because if I'm dealing, so I've worked personally with a three-year-old, I've worked with a few six-year-olds. And then I've dealt with lots of 10, 12 tons, even more so 14, 16, 18. That's probably like the most, but just a very few three, four-year-olds, six-year-old, seven-year-old. I can tell you one case where I don't feel like we got as good of results with the three-year-old that I was hoping for. And I can tell you what I think went wrong, if that helps. And then I can tell you where we got amazing results with the three-year-old and actually went symptom-free, as last I heard, over a year and a half. And uh, went well with that. And then a six-year-old I was working with. But the first thing I'm looking for is I, I got to dive in with the parents. I know the parents want to talk about what's this mean? What's this symptom? What's that? That's all very important. But this child's not going to get results with, uh, with natural medicine unless the parents 
are in a very strong place with time, focus, energy. Gonna need some. You're gonna need a budget. And if you don't have a lot of resources, you have to be extremely resourceful. But when you're dealing with two things that are extremely hard, you have less uh, options: pregnancy and little kids. No, no therapy and no supplements gonna say it's okay for a three-year-old or a five-year-old or an eight-year-old to do this. So the relationship with the parents and what the parents choose is very important. I am not going to tell you as a, to you as a, a mother or father, yeah, you should do this because it's not my place to say that. I have to hear where you are and then respond to you. I can only be a coach for where you want to be coached and where you agree. So it, it, there's a certain place where I have to say, where can I get involved? Where should I not be involved? So first, I have to interview you as a parent and say, is this right for you? Do you feel comfortable with all of this? There is risk. Anyone who tells you there's not risk with trying different things in natural medicine, you know, is is lying. Now, we're going to reduce that risk as much as possible and be extremely smart about what we choose and why. And I play on the safe side. When it comes to natural healing, I do. I, I wear my seatbelt, put on cruise control, stay in the right lane, metaphorically. I don't, I don't play around a lot with a lot of Herxheimer reaction, a lot of protocols I haven't tested on myself or things I wouldn't do with my own child. So I just know it's, you know, I have a three-year-old myself and I've got a baby due in, in five weeks. You do? Congratulations. Yeah. That's so exciting. Thank you. And so I know, I know what that's like. I mean, my son was dealing with, you know, just even a little constipation like bad constipation when he was 18, two years old. And I was just like, man, what, what can we do in this? And and then my wife was just, you know, she, even last week she was throwing up and chronic diarrhea. She didn't know what she could eat and what she could do. And she always looks to me of what the protocol is, but we worked it out. She's no problems, didn't have to take any medications, didn't have to take any antibiotics. You know, we even went to the ER room one night because she was in such pain mm. and she's 33 weeks pregnant. So a lot of times it's do... You want to get trained to be able to respond to adversity. So that's my first thing to the parents. The parents saying, yes, Dane, I get it. I want to do this. I want to learn. And if I was with my kid, if my kids were ever diagnosed with IBD, I'm going a thousand percent towards natural medicine. And I'm going to keep conventional medicine around as an option. And I'm going to weigh the risk versus reward. But I am going to continuously learn, learn, learn as a parent about what can I do and why. And I'm going to want a coach. I'm going to want a team. I'm going to want a community do my best not to get overwhelmed. Have you ever had to reject parents who just, you didn't think you um, could get through to them? We rarely will say we reject you. We kind of just start alluding to other things like maybe you should do this or do that. And, you know, and that's one thing why we can't make our program also the cheapest drive-through yeah. station, you know? Sure. It's like we we offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for everyone who comes to us. We can only take 30 clients a month out of 8 million we, we, we've got testimonies in Africa, tons in Africa, India, Australia, Europe, Asia. I mean, we're talking about, we're treating the world now, Dubai, and there's 8, 10 million of us with this. And so we can only take on 30 a month. So when we take them on, we're not going to say, no, it's not qualified. I mean, we, I get how big of a problem this could be, you know, just... And my mom, I just always remember how my mom felt. So I don't, we don't rarely ever reject but we are getting better about protecting ourselves and being direct with parents about this is what is expected and this is what you're going to need to do and if you can't do this 100% you can't be okay with it not going perfect this is probably not right for you so that's what we're going to tell you we're going to say look don't do it then 
Sometimes we try to talk people out of doing it. We're never going to close a door on somebody unless they're vicious or, but we rarely get people who are vicious. I mean, most people in this world just want to be heard and understood. Mm -hmm. And if they're being mean or angry, it's just, they, they don't feel understood. They might even feel taken advantage of. So if we just give space to listen and people feel heard, usually things calm down. And then we just have to be heard ourselves after that about what we can and cannot do. And when you're dealing with a child, you're, you're, you got to realize that every supplement, supplement out there is going to say, no, there's no studies to show you can do this with a kid. Very, very few. The FDA is not going to agree with it. Okay. And when you ask us to say what dosage we should do, there's no research on it. So it's based on what, you know, one, we always go way lower than recommended dosage, doing very small doses, titrating, making sure you feel comfortable with it. Looking for any evidence to suggest we can give this to a young child, like certain things we can, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin D, colloidal silver, um, you know, things like that. I mean, colloidal silver is actually one of those rare ones that FDA actually agrees with, which is a very potent antibacterial wound healer, um, anti-pathogenic, anti-candida. But, you know, if you look on the back of the bottle, they say you can give it to a child. So very strange how how that uh that works. But that's where you first have to come with is parents just look at it and say, am I willing to learn? Am I willing to grow? Am I willing for things not to go perfect, but stay in the pocket, stay communicating, stay learning, stay growing. Okay. And, and learn something that it's very difficult to learn, you know, especially if you don't have this disease and you don't feel this. The problem with the child is you're trying to figure out how your child feels. If you're dealing with a three or five or seven year old and you're saying, how was your pain? One out of 10. It might take you 20 minutes to get a, an answer. And then they tell you one thing and then they tell me the, se the second thing. You know, it's just, it's a lot easier when you're trying to heal yourself than trying to heal someone out, outward. So it's the same thing if you're trying to heal, you know, if you're on here and you're saying, I really want to help my husband or I really want to help my wife or my brother. It's so hard to heal someone other than yourself, but it is very good for you to continue to learn and keep feeding them information, feeding them stories, sending them this podcast. Okay. Because we got to start with the mindset. So once I feel like we, you know, me and the parents are on the same page, understand, okay, we have to, we have to learn from the experiences. We're going to be really safe. We're going to talk about the risk versus reward of everything we do. And then we're just going to need time. It usually takes longer to heal a child than, than an adult because it's more time to try things, to get feedback. We go slower. We start with lower dosages. We don't add as many variables in at the same time. So a lot of times if I'm dealing with a five or six or eight year old, um, that's, that's what I tell them. I say, look, let's just give it, let's be a little bit more patient Just take your time. Because if we try to go fast, there's higher risk. So that's another thing, parents, if you try to go fast with this and say, okay, let's put them on a probiotic, let's put them on a mucosal healer. Let's get them on a little bit of an anti-pathogen. Let's throw in a suppository and enema. You throw in so many variables and you can hardly even understand what's making them work or what's not because the communication's not there. Now you might overwhelm them. They never want to do this again. They get scared of, of what they're doing because the moment a seven-year-old has a poor experience with something, it's very hard to keep, keep them doing it. Yeah. Food, alternative therapy. So we want to make this fun. We want to make it exciting. We want to give them rewards. With children, I'm always going there. How can I reward them? How can I make this fun? That's my question is I'm fascinated. I, I want you to talk about the three-year-old that went well and the three-year-old that didn't go so well. Because what fascinates me is there is there has to be a diet component to this. And how do you deal with that with such a young child, especially if the child is, let's say, five years old, their best friend's birthday party is at Chuck E. Cheese, 
They can't eat any of the mm-hmm. food. They're, they're one of three siblings. Their two siblings can eat whatever they want. They're down in some Cheetos and ice cream and whatever. Is it a family commitment? You know, how does that work? I'm curious about all that. Family commitment's going to work better. And I'll tell you where I've seen. So let's talk about this because there's a lot of questions in there that we can go over and I want to answer each of them. With the three-year-old that did well, the mother ate the exact same way as the three-year-old. She would drink the same shake. She would have the same meals. So she would, when you, and I even do this with my three-year-old now, when I want him to do something, I do it with him. Like even, hey, we're trying to potty train him. Let's go pee. I'm going to pee with him. So he just gets used to it. Oh yeah, this is what we do. Okay. Or if we eat, if I want him to eat something, I eat the same. So that always helps. If the family can get involved with it, fantastic. And I'd even suggest if big brother or sister, don't eat that stuff around them. Just give them some time. That stuff needs to be a, it can be a celebration. So one of the things, if I know a birthday party's coming up in three weeks and we're starting to get great results, I might go say, Hey, give them, give them one fourth of that cake. And then one of the things we'll do is we'll buy empty capsules, like really small size, like four or five capsules. So you can go online, you get vegetarian capsules on Amazon, they're $4 and you can get empty capsules. So I'll buy a regular digestive enzyme or a regular supplement. And then I'll, you know, some parents have actually just poured them all out and then re-put them in these tiny little capsules. So they'll sit there for an hour and make a month or two month of capsules that are very small that their child can handle. Okay. And you try to utilize that if we're ever celebrating, like we're going to go to this restaurant or we're going to go out and go to this birthday party. So uh, something else that uh, I'd recommend is, is try to prepare something and bring something to yes. the party, like bring a gluten-free cake, bring some homemade brownies. One of the hacks we even do in our house is all of our sweets, all of our breads, we tend to make at home. So my wife will make homemade cookies, homemade blueberry muffins, homemade bread and that just takes the variables of what could hurt them down completely now another thing is i like to tell the parents is once we start fixing the gut we usually can see the type of food they can tolerate go way up most of us it's not a food allergy it's a food sensitivity to a weakened broken digestive tract their stomach acid is low they have a a thrown off microbiome Okay. And the gut lining is, is a lot of times not even fully developed. If a two, you're dealing with a two and a half, three-year-old, but a five-year-old that just needs to be fixed. So if we can get them on a protocol that calms things down, they might be able to go to that birthday party and say, you know what? Have at it. I'm a big fan of getting to a place where you just call the bluff. Have at it. I think he's going to be okay. I think she's gonna be okay. Let's try one afternoon, one party Maybe don't let them eat the entire cake, but have a four, you know, a few bites and have a little something to this and just stabilize. Now, are you, can they handle a digestive enzyme in a smaller size four or five capsule? Can they uh, do any kind of binder? Can they do like any kind of little tea? Like I'll even say, okay, if you want to have that type of ice cream or, or ice cream, I usually try not to go for, but like a gluten-free cake or a little, a little bit of a cookie or a brownie or something at that party. I'm going to try to see if I can get an anti-inflammatory in them. I'm going to see if I can get a mucosal healer. So actually the six-year-old I worked with, what we did is we had the parents made these little balls in the morning and these balls that they get her to eat. And they were made of like, I think coconut and 
a little fruit. Like fruit does so good with our kids. If your child can handle fruit, that's going to be one of the biggest assets we're going to use because it's sugar, it's flavor, it's a monosaccharide, simple sugar that's very bioavailable. It's very good for you. So, you know, a little sugar with a with a young person, I'll, I'll use it strategically. So if I can make something that I can mix in curcumin into it or a little andographis. So we took a product called Immunomod A and mixed it into these little energy balls in the morning. And then they had, they would make them. I can't remember the exact recipe, but they knew their daughter would eat them. Um, and I believe there was coconut in there, some coconut flakes, vanilla extract, just things that make it a little tastier. So every day she was getting curcumin by eating one of these balls, one in the morning, one in the night. So how can you get something in and then cover up the taste of something? Mm. So one of the biggest assets I look for with a, a parent is a smoothie. And I'm going to recommend the chocolate flavored, the vanilla flavored, the strawberry flavored. I'm going to get samples of all the tastes and have the child try each sample and like make it fun. Like today we're going to sample, okay, this is, I'm going to call it strawberry. This is strawberry. Do you want a strawberry smoothie today? Do you want a chocolate smoothie today? And then I'll make it a reward. Okay, if you do this, I'll give you a chocolate smoothie. If not, Dada's going to have the whole thing. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to have it. You can't have it unless you do this. So I try to give it like a reward system. If I can get the, the, the child to see what we want them to take as a reward, it goes much farther. Like my son, we make smoothies for him almost every day, and it's helped him tremendously um, with just his gut health. And we make it super tasty. We even call it sometimes like his candy smoothie. So we'll call it a candy smoothie because he understands candy from Halloween and he, other kids have candy and he wants candy. And, you know, he knows the word junk food because I call everything <laughs> junk food. I'm like, no, can't have that. Can I? He's like, why not? He gets all mad. <laughs> but um, and so we put dates in there and we put coconut uh, milk and we put uh, a little uh, almond butter he really likes. And he really likes avocado, which also helps pooping. That high fiber, high fat, fat and fiber are two things to help get the poop going. And if we can get the child to have more full bowel movements, the inflammation is going to calm down. It's going to help clean the colon. Okay. So I love if I can get a little avocado. Now, a lot of kids will never eat avocado, but if you can get a little bit, it's sneak it into a smoothie. That's why I love smoothies. We can sometimes, you know, guard that taste. And I hear parents say all the time, oh, my kid can tell they're going to, They're going to know this and know that. I'm going to keep mixing up the flavors and adding just touches of things to help them say and and continue to make it a reward. So a reward system is very, very important. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to have the same things they're having because once the kid sees that mom and dad eat this, that's what, you know, kids for thousands of years, kids want to eat what's in mom and dad's hands. You know, if mom and dad's eating something, the kid's reaching for it, right? Trying to get it themselves. That's how they eat. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day, we used to, parents used to chew the food and then give it to the parents or give it to the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. So we want a reward system. And then it's very customized. Every child I work with, it's very customized on what does she like to eat? What will she not eat? You know, the six year old didn't really like smoothies, but every once in a while she'd get one in as a celebration. We add it. If I have to add sweeteners, that's okay. You've got to look at it and say, if I give this, Is it going to be worth it if I get that? Mm. So what's the most important thing we need in our children? We need bioavailable nutrients and we need meals that they're going to like to eat that are not going to cause an increased inflammatory response. That's going to be shakes, like blended food's going to be very good. Uh, Usually white rice will work pretty well for a lot of, not everybody, but white rice work well. Really tender meat will will do really well for a lot of kids. And then a side of fruit like pear, 
you know, my son will eat avocado if I put salt. He loves salt. So if I put salt, he'll eat the avocado or banana or we'll make homemade gluten-free pancakes. Do this, guys. If we need to get pancakes, do a gluten-free, like an almond flour with a little bit of banana. Use an organic maple syrup and then use that as a barter to do, you know, something else that you want the child to do. So the first thing is if I can get a shake a day, and I usually do very well with a shake a day, I want to get rid of gluten. I want to get rid of dairy. And that's a lot of times about keeping it outside of the house. So for me, with my son not having gluten and dairy, it's very, very easy because we don't have gluten and dairy in our home. Now, if someone else in the family needs to be enrolled in that, one of the things you can first do is say, take everything that they can't have and put it in a separate compartment, a separate cupboard. So if the other kids or dad is is just like, I got to have my chips, I got to have my gluten, put it somewhere else. Okay. And then try to make the food, the meals tasty. If they can be tasty and everyone can eat it, everyone's going to win. When you come into the shield program, we got tons of recipes constantly saying, can we enroll the whole family in this example? I had a uh, 19, 20 year old girl from Puerto Rico who got on the program and finally said, I got to do this and started making the meals. And her husband loved them. Her husband said, can we make more of those shield meals? Cause he felt better. Mm. once she saw her husband get excited about eating this way, that his bloating went down, his gas went down, his waistline got better, his energy went up, and she went 100% symptom-free, that was the whole family ate like that. So the question is to ask the family, what do we need to have? Why can't we eat like this? And the problem is we have a trauma that you're going to be completely restricted and live in a bubble. No, you can make great tasting food that's bioavailable and doesn't it doesn't increase inflammatory response. That's all we need for your child's diet. Remember, get rid of a diet and build a lifestyle, okay? So I hate that I even said it diet. We want to call it a lifestyle. How can we increase bioavailability and reduce inflammatory response? And you do that with everything. So a lot of times you want to focus on monosaccharides and disaccharides and get rid of your polysaccharides. Those are your dense, complex carbs. Those are breads and grains and beans. So most famous IBD diets are going to tell you like specific carbohydrate diet or paleo or carnivore. They're all going to say, get rid of those grains, those breads, because they're the harshest to break down. And then a lot are going to say, get rid of the dairy because the dairy is processed in America. It's terrible, this, that, and the other. Maybe you get away with kefir or yogurt, something like that. But if you can start getting rid of those things and say, how can I make something delicious? So like a butternut squash soup or like a chicken a chicken meal or a salmon meal. A lot of client, a lot of our members do well with white rice and our kids do well with white rice because it doesn't have any of the phytic acid. It doesn't have any of the lectins or the oxalates or the natural plant defenses you get, but it's really tasty. It's really heavy in calories. You can do a kanji, you do a white rice. You can put a little bit of avocado and salt in there or lemon, or you can do a little sweet potato or purple potato. Maybe you can get them a little bit of a digestive enzyme. So you do have to work hard and make a lot of homemade meals especially in the beginning. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, what can I do and what can I take away now? I want you to really focus on homemade meals for two to four weeks. It's not forever, but when you do homemade meals for the first two to four weeks, you're going to understand what works and what doesn't. And you're going to take out the variables of the food you didn't prepare. So in the beginning, I want you to have the most effort, work the hardest in the beginning see what kind of results we can get. And then if we can start getting some great ROI, we can make it easier and easier. I'm talking three, four weeks later. That's that's what we're batting for. Easier, 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 easier. If you go kind of harder, kind of harder, kind of harder, kind of harder, you're going to burn out. 
And the child's going to get even more upset. No, even worse. Now I can't eat that. Start strict. Just start and say, okay, do you need a community? Do you need a program? But I'm going to say, all right, let's just do 21 days where we're going to prepare everything that Susan eats or Kevin eats. Okay. And tell Kevin, say, Kevin, it's not forever. It's just 21 days. And then journal. Every day journal. How did I feel? When did I have my bowel movements? What time? What did they look like? Did I have blood? Urgency. Weigh yourself morning and night. Am I fluctuating three pounds, five pounds? Did I gain weight? Did I lose weight? Did I sleep through the night and not have a bowel movement? Okay. And then if you're on medication, use the medication. It can only help. That's what a lot of our parents say. Is it okay if my child takes methotrexate or prednisone or Remicade? Yes. Biologics. The natural medicine works symbiotically with biologics or steroids. What we're going to do and what you're going to do with the natural medicine is only going to help the medication work better. If you are on prednisone and you think that's an excuse to go do McDonald's, you are <laughs> ruining the potential benefits of prednisone. You are wasting your time. You need, that's the time you're strict. If I ever see someone who says, I got to be on steroids or I got to be on a biologic or anything like that, say, this is the opportune time for you to jump in and do your natural medicine because now we want to get as much results out of making that choice as possible. Let's get, boom, symptom-free. And a lot of my members are getting uh, good results with Rinvoke. I don't know if they're doing that with children yet. That's a new prescription capsule for like my severe cases. I had one girl I was working with, 27 years old, been sick since she was 12. She started with me eight months ago, and she's about 90% symptom-free, and she gained 50 pounds. Wow. Okay. Great. 27. She's now training to be on the team. I'm like, man, your story, you were meant for <laughs> That's this. That's amazing. Like, let's get you on the team. So now, she, yes, now she's got a job, right? How cool is that? <laughs> and so she was, her prom, she was 90 pounds. Her prom, she sent pictures of her, her prom. She was 90 pounds. How tall prom, is she? And she weighed like five, five, four, five, five. Yeah, that's insane. Okay, she was. She, I mean, she wasn't a petite girl. She, yeah, she's. I mean, she, she's not big, but she's not overly naturally genetically skinny, right? And she's very pretty. And she, so she came in the program at 103 pounds, 26 years old. And she was now she weighs and she's normal health. I'm talking good BMI. She's not overweight in any way. She's 142 pounds. So what is that? She gained 40 pounds. She gained 40 pounds in the program. And her, she went from 15 bloody bowel movements a day down to two to four normal bowel movements a day with some loose stool. About two, two or three months in the program, we put her on Rinvoke along with the rest of the protocol. And I said to this day, I said, how much do you think the SHIELD program helped? And how much do you think that Rinvoke helped? She says, I think it was 30% Rinvoke, 70% the SHIELD program. How that deals with the child is if your child is in a terrible place, conventional medicine might have a place and there might be a moment where I'm going to tell you, hey, maybe let's use a little bit of that conventional. Like where I tend to get good results is a mesalamine suppository. Very hard to do if Mm -hmm. the child's too young, but it's a 5-ASA. It's very light. It's not something that's chronically used forever. Uh, The the side effects are very minimal, especially when you're doing through the the colon. It helps with the bleeding. A lot of times when we, us as parents, we see the blood and the mucus and the multiple balance. That's what freaks us out. So the mesalamine suppository can be great. A little bit of budesonide. Like if I'm wondering about prednisone or a steroid, maybe about six or nine milligrams of budesonide. So when I was dealing with a six-year-old, she was on Remicade, but she was having about 15 bloody bowel movements a day when the parents hired me. Now the mom had ulcerative colitis as well. So the family, the dad had hired me to work with mom and then hired me separately to work with his daughter. Both of them, we got symptom-free. Amazing. I worked with them for a year. Uh, a year and a half, both of them were symptom-free for a year, okay? Both were on Remicade, or I'm sorry, the mom was on Infliximab, uh, and then we got her off Infliximab because it was messing with her latest child, and, and 
she wasn't uh, healing from um, wounds. She, she, she just had her third child and then her wounds weren't healing and they kept putting on antibiotics because of the biologics. So biologics can affect your ability to heal wounds. That was one of the problems that she had. But we got her off that, checked her cytokines, checked her calprotectin, got it all normal, got her symptom-free, one to two normal bowel movements a day for over a year. Okay, then we stopped. And then the child, she was underweight and she was having extreme issues already on Remicade. So we said, okay, let's keep on Remicade. We increased the dose just a little bit. I think it was 150 milligrams, went up to 200. And then we were doing liquid prednisone. Now the prednisone had worked in the past, but stopped working now. It's just, okay, let's keep on the, let's keep where we are with the prednisone. Let's keep with the Remicade. That's all right. We're going to use it for now. And then let's start building her plan. Now she was already eating pretty restrictive, but one of the big things that we did is we did lab work. So what I'm going to want to do, if you have a, a child that's very sick is that we got to see a stool analysis and we got to see a urine analysis. It's non-invasive. We don't need to take blood. You can do it from home. We get results quickly. With the six-year-old, I found 20 times the threshold of mold in her body. Oh, that's like me. Yeah. (laughs) Body was freaking out from this mold. Yeah. I put her on a light binder. I put her on a light binder. Now, me and the parents talked, and the parents said, agreed, agreed. So everything I chose, I'm sitting down with mom and dad and saying, here's the pros, here's the cons, here's the risk, here's what I want to do. Here's the dose I'll give to an adult. Here's the dose I think for our six-year-old. Mom, dad, thought about it, talk about it, look at it. We agree. Okay, Dane, can we change this a little bit? Can we change this a little bit? Greed, greed, boom, do it. Okay, symptom-free. Here's what we did. We put her on N-acetylcysteine and a glycine formulation to help her liver. Her liver was so backed up and her AST was way high. So her liver was, was, you could see it being overwhelmed because they were doing blood work with her doctor. Every time she got an infusion, they first took her blood to do her CBC, CMP. So she was getting her infusion, I believe every four to six weeks. So every time we did that, we'd get updated blood. The dad would send that and we'd have a, we'd have a spreadsheet of her blood. So if you're getting the blood work, get it in a spreadsheet. There's a, there's an app on there that's really good. Oh, it's escaping my mind. It's so good for labs. Healthmatters.io. You can upload. It's, it's only like, I think it's a hundred bucks or something. Uh, I have no affiliation with this company. Healthmatters.io, you can upload all of your GI map, your organic acid, your mold analysis, your CBC, and it will automatically put the dates. It'll automatically tell you if it's high or low. It'll graph everything and it does it instantly because it recognizes all these, these famous lab companies. So the software's already built to recognize. So I can upload six of them. And then if I do it over a year, it'll show me my Calprotectin every single time I've uploaded it, when it was high, when it was low. Same with my CBC, my CMP, my testosterone, my iron, my hemoglobin. So we did something like that. And every month we'd go over, okay, where's her AST? Where's her ALT? What's going on with her Calprotectin? What's going on with the white blood cell count? Hey, she got the flu right here. She had no symptoms when her white blood cell count went up. We think it's the that flu. Her monocytes went up. So we were always looking with the children. It's so good for you to start looking at their labs. Cost a few bucks, but you're going to continue to learn about your your child and have more power over what happens. So 100% do the labs. This is the labs I want you to start with your child. If you can get a blood draw, I want you to do a CBC and CMP. That's complete blood count and complete metabolic panel. I want you to add vitamin D. I want you to add um, iron panel, hemoglobin, full iron, ferritin. I want you to add sed rate, sedimation rate. I want you to add CRP, that's C-reactive protein. Okay, sed rate and CRP are your two uh, inflammatory markers in the blood. Then I want to also check if you're new to Crohn's class, I want them to check the PANCA, the P-A-N-C-A, and then the ASCA, 
ASCA, anti-saccharomyces cerevisiae antibodies. The PANCA and the ASCA are going to help differentiate whether it's ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. The ASCA can also help it let you know if they're having a yeast problem. Okay. So uh, ASCA is indicative, usually 75% indicative of Crohn's disease. And then PANCA can tell you if it's UC. So it can also help if they diagnose off the colonoscopy and just tell you. And you can also see those markers tend to get more normal. So if, the, if it's a high ASCA, I'm also going to take that child off any baker's yeast because you'll get a lot of gluten-free products that still have baker's yeast. I would recommend getting rid of baker's yeast. Now, remember what I told you, let's get strict really quickly. Try to do it in one fell swoop like a Band-Aid. Rip it off and then start to make it easier and easier. Okay. So can I get a shake in? I'm going to do those blood works immediately. And then I'm going to do a stool analysis and a urine analysis. Urine analysis with our six-year-old, for example, we got her symptom-free. She's doing amazing. We lowered the dose of Remicade. So when we and the parents talked, we said, look, she's six years old. She had extreme UC reactions at four and five. I'm 20 bloody bowel movements a day. Bad. Okay. Her weight was stable. She had no problems. She had even gone out and had some gluten and some dairy and some gone to some birthday um, parties and no symptoms. Now, I'm not going to heckle you. If you're doing that well and your child runs into a little gluten or dairy every once in a while, maybe have at it because it can also help with the trauma of all this and help you as a parent feel like, my child's not made of glass. Everything's going to be okay. And yeah. maybe, so with the parents we work with, it was like, let's keep her on the Remicade. We reduced the dose by 50%. So with Remicade specifically, we can te- we can check the trough levels, T-R-O-U-G-H, trough levels. Now, her, their doctor, who is this high-end doctor, because this was a, a, a family that was well off, was not checking the trough levels. That's telling me the amount of Remicade in the bloodstream. When he checked, her trough levels were lower than what was even considered to be clinically effective. <laughs> so it was like, it was more evidence that the natural medicine was what was working. So I want to check the trough levels. I want to check to see what dose of of Remicade we're giving. Remicade's the number one biologic they're going to recommend to the kids. Okay. So if they're going on Remicade, okay, we're on this TNF alpha blocker. It's going to be even, you know, important that we stay away from the crappy foods, the crappy oils. You're going to do all of it, compound it all for the result. And then we can start to just reduce how much Remicade they get or how often. So I think we went from 250 milligrams of Remicade down to 150 milligrams of Remicade per dose. So just in doing that, we were reducing the load on the body. But then we decided, hey, let's keep her on for another year or two, maybe even a little bit longer until she has a decision. She has the ability to to decide that she can come off this, that she can start to run a little bit of her protocol. It was For those parents, it was just too risky uh, to try to manage everything. But we weighed the options of what is it, you know, what are the risks of staying on Remicade long term? That weighed heavily on the father. So that was our decision, but she was good for over a year while I was working with her. No problem. Gained the weight. Great bowel movement. She was eating red meat. She was eating a little gluten every once in a while, which we we stayed away from, but celebrated every once in a while. We were checking her stool analysis often. We were checking her cytokines often. Let's talk about cytokines. If your child is thinking about using a biologic or is on a biologic, you're going to want to check a cytokine panel. Her insurance would cover it because she had great doctors who would just do what they asked. But a cytokine is something that the T cells activate in autoimmune disease. So Remicade is what's called a TNF alpha blocker, tumor necrosis factor uh, alpha, TNF alpha blocker. And that is a pro-inflammatory cytokine that's indicative of IBD. The ones that are most common with IBD are going to be your IL-6, IL-12 or 23, your TNF alpha, and your IL-1 beta. 
Now, the, no one really understands them completely yet. I mean, talking about cytokines, it's still a little loosey-goosey. Just know this. When a cytokine is high or low, it's like a Christmas light going on or off. And it just tells you something in the house is off. Oh, look, the IL-6 is up. The uh, TNF alpha is up. Something in the house is up. That's okay. We can get rid of it. So for instance, when I started with the mother, her TNF alpha was 21 with a standard value, uh, a reference range of seven. And within a couple of months, we got it down to about a three or four. So we would check her cytokines once a month or once every two months. And then when we took the mother off the biologics, we actually checked her TNF or her cytokines every two to three weeks. And we checked her calprotectin once a week because she was very, did not want to flare all these type of things. So once we got the cytokines normal, once we got the calprotectin normal, she decided that she wanted to come off the biologics. We checked the calprotectin and, and cytokines very often once a week on that calprotectin to see if it was going up about six weeks of coming off her biologics, we saw that the calprotectin doubled. It went from like a 60 up to like a 140 or something like that. And we doubled her anti-inflammatories, restricted her nutrition plan. We increased her binders a little bit. We checked again, went back down to 80, went back down to 50, went back to 30, but it ranged between 30 and 180 for about a year. But her symptoms were 95% gone the entire time, 98 so that's another thing we can do. Checking your child's calprotectin is very easy. It's volatile, can continue to tell you what's going on with that inflammation. Calprotectin is local inflammation in the bowel, okay? And so you can ask your doctor. So this is what I love to do with the parents. I say, we can get insurance to cover it. It doesn't cost anything and they should cover it because it's only for IBD. So a lot of times your GI doctor will cover a calprotectin. So you go in and say, hey, can we check the calprotectin? It's non-invasive. It's very easy. I can do it at home, collect some poop at home. We're good to go. Doctor says, yes. Okay, great. Hey, doc, um, actually, can we order six or seven or eight of those cow protections? Just because I know it's hard. You're really busy. It's hard for me to get in here. And I, I don't want to have to bother you in the future to keep retesting. Nine times out of 10, my parents or, or clients have seen that the doctor goes, yeah, okay, I'll just order you a bunch of them so you can keep testing as needed. Okay. So now I've got six, seven, eight. Well, me, when you work when our company, we're wholesale labs. I can get you these labs to your doorstep. I can get them in Canada, Australia, North America to buy. The cheapest we've been able to get the calprotectin test is you have to get three of them, but they are 90 bucks each. So it's 270 for three of them. And remember in my program, I'll never take profits on labs. We do about three, $400,000 of moving money in labs every year. We make $0 on that. Okay. I'd have no interest in taking money. You, I will give you access. I just want you to have access to labs because it's very important over time. So for the rest of your rest of existence as a lifetime member, one-time investment, you'll have access to labs whenever you want. So you do calprotectin, stool analysis, organic acid, blood work, whatever. You have to get a phlebotomist for the blood work or go to a clinic to draw. We can't help you with that. Calprotectin, check the calprotectin often. With kids, I like to check every two weeks, three weeks, do the CBC, the CMP, and organic acid test is really good. That six-year-old where I found the, I found the uh, fungal load is because I checked her organic acid test. It's a urine analysis. She peed in a cup. We sent the cup out. All of a sudden, I'm seeing massive amounts of aspergillus and candida. I said, mom, dad, I'm seeing a lot of times here. This is giving me reason to now check her mold analysis. I sent him another lab to check the mold. We saw a tremendous amount of gliadin. We saw a tremendous amount of ochre toxin A. I put her on liver support. We had the house checked. I put an air filter in her room. And then uh, we put her on light binders, very light binders at night. Just a little bit of fulvic acid, humic acid. I think we did a little bit of uh, uh, activated charcoal. Okay. And then... 
up, all of a sudden we saw her mold levels go way down. Her symptoms went way down and then we kept checking. And so over a course of a year, mold was minimal to none that we were finding. We even put her on glutathione and things like that to continue to try to pull the, uh, the mold into the into the to the urine so we could see it so when you support the liver and the drainage pathways that's going to help the mold show up in the urine so reduced glutathione you're going to want that's like a liposomal reduced glutathione quicksilver scientific's got one that's the brilliance of it you need really good product that you feel safe with your your kids don't go to walmart even whole foods got to be careful don't get them some crappy whatever probiotic don't get them some crappy whatever liver support you're gonna you need to put quality product in them the second thing is, again, I said this earlier, but don't be scared of sweeteners if you need to get sweeteners. But yeah, try to get an organic stevia or allulose and, and try to calm down on, on really terrible types of sweeteners, but you get from a reputable company that you really agree with can can really uh, you know work on. And I would recommend getting in a Crohn's colitis program because you where are you going to learn as a mom and dad? Where are you going to continue to learn from a year from now? So, if, you know, I hope if I have the trust and integrity I've built with you that you join our program, but join someone else's if you feel like there's a better or they can help. Get to a place where you can learn and get rubber to road. What am I doing? Why am I going to do it? What does my coach say? What products can I use and why? What herbs can I use and why? So, you know, for that three-year-old, let's go to that three-year-old example, the one that did really well. Then we'll talk about the one that didn't do well. So the three-year-old that did uh, well, his mother had a great great amount of experience in natural medicine. So when I talked to her, she was 100% about natural. She had her own problems, her own heavy metal, mold issues, past background. She spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying to heal herself. So she was already 100% ready to go. So when we worked together, we built a shake that was very specific. We put in sun chlorella. We put in fulvic mm -hmm. acid. We put in humic acid. We put in um, a little bit of prebiotic because she felt like her son was ready for it. So a little cranberry to help with the acromancia and it helped as a prebiotic, a little polyphenols in there too. We added acacia fiber. We added uh, a little banana for calories. We added cod liver oil for extra vitamin A, vitamin D, and it was a fat he tolerated well. We then put him on a, so I was working with him and I had my nurse practitioner come in on the case and uh, she she put him on a nystatin because he had terrible candida. So a lot of the kids, I'm seeing mold. I'm seeing severe candida. If you have candida in the body, that's terrible. So we put him on nystatin. We put him on oral nystatin three to four times a day. I can't remember the dosage, but talk to your nurse practitioner or your doctor about it. But he did wonderful, wonderful. Wow. Now, he was already on, Rem the three-year-old was on Remicade because when, they, when she hired me, he was having 20 bloody bad moves a day in the hospital already. I mean, terrible. So we just said, look, whatever we can do to stabilize them, that's the time I might use the biologic. Put them on that. We only did about three infusions, and then the mom wanted to take them off the Remicade, so we ran the plan to get off the Remicade. So the biggest thing was the shake, the binders, and then we did a tiny bit. The mom felt comfortable with a tiny bit of biocidin. Now, that's a very high-risk product. You need to know what you're doing. The only reason I agreed is because the mom wanted to do it. She was pushing me to do it. And she felt very confident in doing it. Biocidin is anti-candida. It's antibacterial. It's anti-parasitic. It's also anti-biofilm. So it can really break apart stuff that even antibiotics yeah. have a hard time with. 
You got to know what you're doing though. You got to know. So the only reason is because he was on binders. He was on a very strict eating plan. He was eating more paleo, going to bed at certain times. He was using lots of binders. And so if I can get binders and a lot of liver support up, we also had him on NAC. So we were mixing some of the NAC in the shake. So the biggest thing with that three-year-old did well, we put it all in the shake. And we just, and so we might, instead of building little capsules, we'd open a full cap, maybe 900 milligrams and only put one eighth in there. Okay, and we'd mix that in once it was blended so it wouldn't get lost in the blender. So we'd make it and then add a little NAC, a little glycine. So NAC and glycine are precursors to glutathione. They help with the nervous system. They help with detoxing the liver. The three-year-old who didn't do well was already, a, was they were in India. There was a language barrier problem. There was a time barrier problem. There was a problem with how often we could meet because there wasn't as much budget. The six-year-old and three-year-old I worked personally with and I met once a week. The three-year-old came into my basic program where there was only so much time. We could only micromanage for that amount so much. And we just, and we went above and beyond. It was just, it was too intense and too far away. They also ate an Indian style diet. And then in India, there was only so much we could get there. And there was customs problems and budget problems. And so that was really a, a lot of it. And you know, that kind of case, honestly, if you're in that kind of extreme case, you need, you need a budget. You need a coach that you can talk with every single week, DM every day. I mean, and that coach is going to have to give you a lot of their time. So you're going to need a large budget and preferably work. I mean, if you might even find a local ND to work with, but you're going to need to really work heavily because it's too scary. You need a lot of, you need to have a lot of control over the variables. So that's the big thing. When you're looking at these and you're dealing with a child, you got to really look at the variables every seven days. The success I got with the six-year-olds, the seven-year-olds, the three-year-olds, I had one nine-year-old I got a lot of success with, but the, but the mother was a medical doctor herself. She was an MD in Canada. So a lot of stuff we had talked about, she had already researched. Yeah. She had already had experience with. She knew the pros and cons. She knew where to push. She knew where she wasn't comfortable. We got fantastic results with her as well. Uh, a lot of times with the kids, I do see great results again with mesalamine, the suppositories, the enemas. I got to get the anti-inflammatories in them. Can I get curcumin? Second thing is mucosal healers. Like I'll open up something like mucosal calm by Jeannie Patel. Yeah. That's one of my favorite for kids good. because it's only... Th- it's only three ingredients. You got slippery elm, marshmallow root, and deglycerized licorice root. So again, can I add that in? Or just independent slippery elm, independent marshmallow root. I love also George's aloe vera. It has no taste. I can just mix that in as well. That's going to help with ulcers, gastritis, heartburn, pain. Okay. So deglycerized licorice root and George's aloe vera, one of my, two of my favorite products, plus slippery elm, plus marshmallow root to calm down the gut lining. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of members do really well with enemas. You got to work on antipathogens as well. I think one of the things that I'm seeing more and more of that I'm actually going to tell my community about more of tomorrow on our live, because I do a live every week for the community, is I'm doing one tomorrow on what labs to order, why and when. And then we're doing one on urgency and loose stool. And the urgency and loose stool, I'm going to bring up the idea of fighting H. pylori. I find, especially with kids, H. pylori is one of those we're not giving enough credence to. I think even in my program, I think I have to go back and say, we need to push this H. pylori problem more because H. pylori is not being found that as often in the stool analysis. I think it's being under-detected, especially mm-hmm. with your doctors. Forget your doctor. Yeah. I'm talking about a quantitative PCR comprehensive stool analysis because it's in the stomach and the, and the fecal matter is from the large intestine. So you're just not seeing what's in the stomach. H. pylori is weakening stomach acid. Okay, it's increasing chances of dysbiosis, SIBO, parasites. It's causing ulcerations. It's causing, which I think is leading to more Crohn's disease. It's causing gastritis. 
So even if you're an adult and you're you're hearing this, and I'm seeing the the negative effects of trying to treat H. pylori, like a Herxheimer reaction is minimal. You could do just a touch of mastic gum and a little zinc carnosine. You could do uh you could do a little bit of well, you maybe get into a little colloidal silver, but even George's aloe vera, aloe vera at high doses has been shown to be anti-H. pylori. If you can get rid of that H. pylori, you can increase stomach acid, you can stop the SIBO because it's an upstream effect. So if we can fix what's going on upstream, the microbiome will start to balance itself. So as you're doing this elimination diet, maybe we need to start working just on that stomach acid. So can you add in a little bit of fennel or chamomile or ginger Okay, especially if you're doing with a nine-year-old, maybe they'll go for a little lemon water with a slice of ginger in there. And then a little bit of mastic gum. You can do it independently, or I use a product called Gastromend. That's a little strong, but I've got a, I got a 15-year-old starting on the Gastromend. We're doing one half of a capsule. The standard dose for a, a adult is four capsules. So that's one-eighth of a dose. We're doing one-eighth of a dose. We're doing one, four, one half of a capsule every two days because she's very sensitive. So every two days we try it and then we just start working up and working up and working up. So I think that's another big one that we're missing is H. pylori. Okay. This is so, oh my gosh, you've given us so much information. Thank you so much oh, because I, I really- going. Yeah, I'm so sorry no, if I, no. I went on too many tangents. No, I, I, this is all so informative. I mean, you've given the parents such a wonderful basis to go off of. And I really, really appreciate that because that's what we need, right? And I have parents write to me. That's why I wanted you to come on, Dane. And I'm not a health professional. I say it every podcast episode. I'm not a health professional. And I need to have an episode where children or children, parents can be steered. So I really appreciate this. Two things you said, I just want to quickly go over. Actually, three things. I appreciate you talking about the binders. I'm on a binder. It's hardcore. I have SIRS. I have mold toxicity. So you're absolutely right. I preach about it all the time. Don't just put yourself on a effing binder because it can F you up like no other. I've done it to myself. So I appreciate that you said that and backed up what I say. Um, The Mm -hmm. other two things I have questions about just very quickly. Do you ever diagnose a child? I guess it would be an older child by colonoscopy. And number two, I was very surprised when you said Alios. And I know you support that ice cream company and they're great and I love them. But Alios is made from GMO corn. So I ate Alios and um, I had a horrible reaction to it because it, it fired up my whole colon. So I'm, I'm surprised you said Alios. Allulose. Allulose. Sorry, I always pronounce it wrong. A-L-L-U-L-O-S-E. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, and as I said earlier, it's not something that I think is great, but if we can get the taste up and okay. and again, what's, what's going to be cleaner? I'll even take that back and say, what can be cleaner? If you can get coconut flakes, if you can get uh, vanilla extract, if you can get honey, Manuka honey, wonderful. That's okay. probably the best one because it's also anti-H pylori can be great. But a lot of times I'm just going to go with it because I just need the kid to say, yes, I like I this. That is worth more. Yeah. Look at the stuff we're eating every day at McDonald's. No one has these issues. I don't, I think that if I can just get the nutrients in their body and deal with the root issue, the kid's going to be okay with a little GMO this and GMO that. Yes. I'm not saying we should have it, but we need consistency. The parents need relief. I can get my child to do this. Understand. So if I got to sweeten it up, sweeten it up. Colonoscopies are dangerous and you got to be careful with yeah. them. I've, I had one person come in who had, was an extremely inflamed. The doctor wanted to do a colonoscopy while the person was extremely inflamed and they had a perforation, had to get their colon removed during the colonoscopy. It, I've Jeez. seen it a few times. It, you got to be careful. You know, I think most of the time it's not as much of a problem. 
I, I don't like colonoscopies when I already know the child's extremely sick. I, yeah. What are they going to tell me? It's inflamed. It's gonna, that's going to that's going to cause potential perforation, hurt the microbiome. You could transmit infection, and then if you're not checking what kind of antibiotic they're using to to sterilize, because some of the antibiotics can actually cause. IBS type symptoms, you know, you got to really look, I think Dr. McCullough, if you go to Dr. McCullough uh, and say, why not a colonoscopy or Jeannie Patel, why not a colonoscopy? They're going to give you some stuff you need to look for Absolutely. to protect yourself. And I do. And then going under, I mean, so many percentage of people when they get put under have complications. So if you do a sigmoidoscopy, you don't have to get put under. And I know the company Evanature, they do all their clinical research on people who do sigmoidoscopies. So again, it's just reducing that risk. So, and then with colonoscopies, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to first get that inflammation under control and things like that. But just to reiterate for the parents, number one, make sure they can keep up with the plan, make it taste good, make it fun, find a clever way to make mm-hmm. it something they're due. Number two, you got to, with, when it comes to nutrition, forget a diet, you got to build a lifestyle, drive bioavailability and reduce inflammatory response, get them bowel rest. And number three, don't be scared to use conventional and natural together because they work synergistically when when needed. Number four is get the lab work done and start to try to find root cause because the sooner you start treating the digestion, a local infection, if you can find that mold and you can treat it, you're going to find that their tolerance of food and this whole problem starts to get a lot easier. You know, and so, and, and then number four or five, I know a big one is gaining weight. You got to drive the nutrients. And if that gut lining is inflamed, even if you have 2,000 calories a day, they still might not gain weight. You got to get optimized digestion. You got to heal that gut lining. I personally, sometimes we'll talk to parents about BPC-157 or KPV or lorazotide and see what they think about that. Please search those peptides. They're not FDA approved. um, And this is not medical advice. So you can go search that. But there's a lot you can do. It is hard, but get on a team, simplify it, and then start pivoting. Don't just look for the perfect answer. Make decisions. Come back to it a week week or two weeks later. What are we doing next? What are we doing next? How can we shift? How, that repetition and that consistency, you will get results. This is what I wanted. This is, this is what I wanted. I, I knew you weren't going to disappoint. Thank you for coming. Um, could you just tell us where to find you and where people can sign up for the SHIELD program or however? So the SHIELD program, you can go to Crohn'sColitisLifestyle.com. There you're going to see right on the front page. I really recommend that you schedule a strategy session. It's a complimentary strategy session with one of our IBD support specialists. All of our people have, you know, on those calls have extreme experience with Crohn's colitis themselves or at least a family member. And, uh, and we know what we're talking about there. So we just want to make sure we're on the same page, that there's good, there's good energy, there's good integrity. You can schedule that. I'll put some links in the show notes for, for Jay as well, where you can put that down there. And you can follow us at Instagram, Crohn's Colitis underscore lifestyle.com. I'm Dane Johnson one on Instagram. And uh, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Crohn's Colitis Lifestyle. That's where we upload a testimony a week. We have over 500 testimonies. If you scroll Amazing. through, you'll see a few 10-year-olds. I think we just posted a 10-year-old about a month ago who gained about 40, like 30, 40 pounds in the program. His parents were on talking about it. Great success. So it's not always easy. You can do it. But check out our YouTube. Check out our Instagram. Get on our email list. Get on a phone. Do a free session and really figure out what's valuable about this. But I'll give you a few quick things before we end about the SHIELD program that's unique about us. Number one, every single person in the program gets a coach. 
we believe we got to get, it's got to be success first. We are not a scalable company. We can only take on 30 clients a month and there's 8 million around the world. And we have testimonies all around the world. So you're going to get a coach, one-on-one coach for three months. You get private sessions plus direct message support through our circle app. Okay. So an online. And I've private heard great things, system. guys. I've heard great things. Okay. Thank you. I hope we can keep it up. Let's keep that good energy. Let's keep those results. All right. Because every case, it's like we take you on and we're like, it's, it's, it's supposed to be an incurable disease. Like we are, we're, we're black belts here. That's what we Absolutely. do. This is all we do is treat Crohn's colitis, but it is difficult. It is very difficult. We're not talking about uh, something easy. So you get a coach, you have lifetime access. There's no hidden fees. I'm going to make sure you get wholesale price on labs forever. I'm never going to take profits on it. And you're going to get huge discounts on the best supplements in the world. I've already researched them for life. You're going to get a $350 gift card when you join. So when you join, if I tell you to take a supplement, I'm paying for it. So there's no other big fee. Now I can't include the labs because they're expensive, but you can use an HSA, a health services account. You can write your insurance company and see if they're going to pay for it. Most they won't because functional labs, as Jay will tell you, it's just insurance companies just, they stink. They, they get your Walmart testing. So, <laughs> you know, um, you're going to get that. You're going to have a support specialist. You're going to have access to our entire community. So it's non-governing. You can speak with all of our members at any time. We have a parents, a parents and children thread where you can talk to other parents oh, in the amazing. program. Amazing. That's great. So yeah, we don't govern. Like a lot of programs I've seen that I've signed up for, you can't talk to anyone else who signed up to it. You could talk to, like if you could join today, you could talk with everyone else who's joined the program today. We don't govern this thing. That's how all, we try to be of integrity. If someone's not doing great, you're going to hear about it. If someone's doing great, you're going to hear about it. So we focus on solutions. We focus on learning together. We focus on gratitude. We don't let people come in. The only thing we police is if people come in with bad energy. It's just like, look, you got to, none of us need any more toxic yeah, energy. That. We need solutions and gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Because we all are in the same boat yeah. together. You know, me, I, my biggest thing is I was alone dealing with this. So yeah. you're going to come into the program. We also just released financing. Okay. We did mm. have a little bit of a discount on the last podcast. We, we just can't do it because... I got a coach. I got people with W-2s, health insurance. Yep. I got to pay my team. I, I just can't do it. We, you know, when you have a consulting business, anyone who's run a business completely understands this, but we have a financing option now. And so we got a connection with PayPal where you can pay for the program over six months, zero interest. Nice. So let's say, I think it's like 500 and 580 bucks or 570 bucks a month. And anyone can do this. You can do it at any time. Okay. You have to do a hard credit check. Not that big of a deal. But if you do that, you can then, your first month is 580, but we give you $350 of supplements for free. So your net cost month one is 230 bucks. Nice. You have a coach, you have the community, you have the program, you have lifetime access. There's no other fees. You have live trainings with me every week. I've done for two years straight now. So that's what makes us unique. We only treat Crohn's colitis. We all have Crohn's and colitis. We've got our, our doctor is on the team now. He's just finishing med medical school. So we're hiring doctors now and- and uh, we have an APRN on staff. That's how we can do labs. I have a couple so good people for you. If you're if oh, you're no. hiring. See, I say all this and then everyone's like, oh, I got someone for no, you. No, I, I really got, got someone. I'm going to test. I got a test. I got a test. No, I uh, mean, I yes, have people who could work for you. Actually, there's one girl in, in the okay. SHIELD program who I think would be amazing for Crohn's colitis. But anyway, that's hey, something offline. Anyway, yeah. thank you so much. Happy holidays. Congratulations on the upcoming new little maybe Sagittarius. Yeah. So very happy about that. Dean, you were always wonderful and great to my listeners. I appreciate you so much. I hope we keep this uh, 
friendship, work relationship. So I'll, I'll you'll come back in the new year. And everyone knows, come on, you guys, you know this, when, when you have a perfect shit and you're on the toilet and you look and you're like, wow, that's amazing. We call that a green heart. And we always wish everyone a green heart day. Dean, what do you wish everyone? I wish everyone uh, a green heart day. Perfect. Thank you, Dean. Take care.